0: Hey, welcome to The Last of Us, presented by Pop Culture Leftovers. I'm one of your hosts, Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers, and I'm joined by Joe from Pop Culture Leftovers. Welcome, Joe. Hey, stoked to be here. It's a whole lot of pop culture leftovers in one fucking sentence, wasn't it? It sure was. It was (laughs) ridiculous. It's almost like we should use the Ackerman PCL. I don't know. Anyway, Uh, we also have from the Wild Pretty Things podcast, Melissa Slaughter. Welcome, Melissa.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: And Billy from the Reality Guys on YouTube. Welcome, Billy. Happy to be back. I have a question, guys, and I'm dead serious. Like, who had it worse in this episode? Ellie or the young girl that fa- that didn't even know she ate her dad? oh probably oh. the young girl ate her dad.
1: no ellie no you s- is worse she ate her dead what she didn't she know she's fine
2: murder ah. she people
3: this episode she did okay right so i was gonna say only one of them
1: happens in this episode i'm like not even fussed about the cannibalism anymore
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was getting at and i was gonna say only one of them walked away from the the encounter with like blood splattered all over their fucking face doing the thousand yard stare yeah yeah
0: Oh man. Her father Ooh. Her father was the shit though, right? When like probably twelve hours later. <laughs> I'm dude, it is I was about to
1: be like, we didn't even really get to know him.
0: Man, this episode was just I don't man, this episode was just insane. It was it was tense and I mean honestly it's like I didn't start getting all emotional until like like like, I didn't get like emotional until like the very end with the with the two being reunited, yeah. up until then, absolutely. it was just like it was like white knuckle, like just like you know, clenching the chair, like, oh my God, yeah. what, what's gonna happen here? It, see, here's the thing. It's like I don't really have a lot of fear for these characters because I feel like you can't get rid of them and the show go on. But then again, I've never played the game, so I don't know. But I'm just assuming. So, you know, but I,
3: I, I still, I I still worry about these characters for some, does this make sense? Am I making sense? No, dude, I, I worry as well because I mean, this is an HBO show and this HBO that, that first season of Game of Thrones, dude, they gave us Ned Stark that whole season and cut his fucking head off.
0: Yeah, that's true. So
3: I haven't played the game far enough. I don't know. I don't know if Joel's in the sequel I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I I assume at least Ellie's in the sequel, but I don't. I I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) And, And I will say that this was my favorite episode of the series so far. This was a amazing hour of television. And it was it was a white knuckle ride that has an insanely satisfying ending.
0: Man, I don't know, man. For me, I th- I still think
3: it may it might be
0: that fifth episode when they are fight. I, there's something about the action when they film it. Man, they film it well. There was something about the clickers and the bloater and all that stuff that I just. like. Oh
3: yeah, the end of that episode was amazing, but I just felt this whole thing the way it the way it built. Yeah the 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 psychological tension in between Ellie and David and j- just the. By the time the episode's over and then you think back over it, then on a second viewing of it, and you're watching this guy mm-hmm. and you're just realizing that from the very start, when it doesn't seem like he's the one in control, I'm pretty sure he's the one in control that whole time. And and also the fact that they put Ellie in there and in a capacity where she can be her own hero, but they film it in a way that you're like the whole time you're like Joel's coming Joel's coming. Just hold in there a little bit longer. He's going to come in and rescue you. And by the end of it, she didn't need rescued at all. She was able to get herself out of it. And then the heart came afterwards. And yeah, just just an amazing hour of television. I absolutely loved this.
0: Yeah, it it was an incredible episode, man. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was. I mean, just I think every episode is just stacked, like just fantastic episodes So, yeah, let's get into it. I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a uh, great villain. And I felt like, here's the thing. When I watch something and they introduce, like, when Hollywood makes anything that has, like, a pastor in it, I would say 99% of the time, the pastor character in a post-apocalyptic world is going to be a fucking nutbag.
1: The percentage yeah it makes sense. isn't that much better for like real life apologies to any pastors listening uh come on let's not
0: go that far come on I mean, okay
1: there's there's Here's, good there's me, good
0: people out there come
1: on there is good people Jesus. out there but what from my perspective what i'm saying is growing up in a church like this is not good for young women standardly and like these like fundamentalists or like more uh, oppressive uh, sex of Christianity, like groom women to be wives and mothers, which is just as harmful in the real world as it is in the post-apocalypse.
0: Yeah. I I don't want to go like, too deep. I don't want to go Hannah too saying, deep on this, Melissa. I understand. understand <laughs> I understand. That I,
1: she, that, that I, Hannah's not allowed I, to, I, to mourn her father because she has a father and he's talking. It's like, you're not God, my guy. But that's the same rhetoric that I heard in the church growing up.
3: I know. I know. There's you uh, know,
1: Not to that extent, but just a little bit.
3: Yeah. To, to specifically put this in a post-apocalypse, though, I feel like the most fertile ground for religion is for people that are... The closer to hopeless you get, the more you embrace religion. And this guy is surrounded by a flock of hopeless, desperate people that all look up to him like he is a god. And I feel like in a post-apocalyptic setting, that's where, yeah, a preacher would have power that would absolutely – could absolutely have power go to their head and be a fundamentalist nut job like this because people are so willing to accept what you are – and overlook the truth of it and embrace the fantasy of it that this guy is clearly peddling
1: well and then to find out that it's not even like the christian god that he is like worshiping like he <laughs> yeah, found that faith was after the twist. apocalypse and it's cordyceps i'm like oh my god it's layers they're terrible <laughs> like
0: it's definitely it's like they pulled from, you know, it's like they pulled from like uh Koresh and like what was it? What yeah. was the other guy? Yeah. Uh, Jim Jones and a lot of that stuff and and kind of put him as like this cult leader. And um yeah, I thought it was a great villain. Guy comes off so uh meek and I, you know, he almost came off as weak when you first meet him. You think so at least, right? Yeah, you, yeah, he comes off very mm-hmm. soft. Yeah. And not the case. I I kept I kept thinking to myself, like, when is this turn going to happen?
1: Yeah, the way that he was so he just like when he was doing the eulogy right at the very beginning of the episode. It was soft spoken and meek, like you said, but there was like a coldness to it that even before we got going into, you know, what was actually going to unfold in the episode, I was like, this man's vibes are not great. Like this was not a comforting funeral service.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the whole like code word for venison, like, was just like, oh my gosh, might as well just call it Soylent green. Jeez, Louise. Oh my
3: god. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh yeah, when when uh, when David and James kind of share that look while he's talking, and then I'm like, oh no. And then when they're talking outside, and they're talking about how hard the hunting is and all that, and the first thought that goes through my head is. Oh, they're probably going to start drawing short star- straws pretty soon. And then in the end of the episode, and you see that's already happening, I was like, oh, fuck. This has progressed way further than I guessed at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's,
0: I want to get you guys' thoughts on it, but, uh, it's titled When We Are in Need. Uh, it was directed by Ali Abassi and, uh, written by, uh, Craig Mazin. And, um, yeah, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. It's, it's, uh, it's wild how each episode is almost like, I felt like, I felt like the, I think it was like episode, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but like episodes four and five were like the, a continuation, it felt like. But everything else has felt like it's been kind of like its own self-contained kind of like story as far as like an arc goes.
3: Am I making yeah. sense? Yeah. Well, I feel like episodes one and two were more more closely connected. Three was definitely... yeah solo four and five were it felt like parts one and parts two and yeah six was
0: i guess i didn't consider one and two because we had like the first half of that that was actually taking place 20 years prior but you're right it did pick up in the like later on yeah.
3: yeah because like the last hour of it was all like in the present day of our story
0: yeah it was yeah yeah
3: billy I thought this episode
2: honestly was amazing. I really think it did two key things. I think it really struck in on the themes of really what this show and the kind of the main themes and ideas of what the show is about. Something you brought up early, Brian, I think it was pretty highlighted here. Much like in the game, this is the first time where you actually take control of Ellie. This is to me is where the story transitions to being Ellie's story. I think this her having to take charge her having to be on her own and survive I really do believe the, from how the game is per, like portrays and I think even going forward we are going to see that this is about Ellie and it's really about Ellie because the other kind of major function and kind of even plot device of this season is can humanity be saved? can it be saved through Ellie not only through that physical representation of the cure but can Ellie be someone who can help represent? Humanity coming back and humanity finding itself again. And it leaves us at the end of this episode with not really having a really solid answer, because like we've seen in order for her to survive, she had to unlock that violent heart. And once you've unlocked that violent heart, will that ever really go away? Can that go away? Can you help redeem everything with a violent heart? And i just really, really looking forward to the finale, kind of starting to address those type of themes. But again, I think the tension was great. I thought the action was wonderful. I think some of the performances were awesome. I know we'll talk about the special guest performances, but seeing Troy Baker being able to have a role this episode and a meaty part to dig into was really great. And I think the only, um, I guess, criticism or negativity I'd throw in there is that we only have one more week, and that sucks.
0: Oh, it sure does. Yeah. um Yeah. One more.
2: Oh, week. my
1: God. I thought there was two. I mean, no. in my mind, I knew that the finale was this weekend because it's the same time as the Oscars. But when I was looking at my notes, I was thinking. Episode 10, we were going to get to.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah, just nine. My
1: heart. It's broken.
0: It's just nine episodes. We got one more and that's it. And then it's like, who knows when we're going to get we could be waiting a year and a half or so for the next season. It's wild. Um, yeah, but let's, let's break this one down and, um, yeah, it starts with, uh, does it, does it start with Ellie or does it start with Pastor David? I apologize guys. And I literally just watched it.
1: It opens with Pastor David.
0: (laughs) That's right. Yeah. And he's reading from the book of revelations to his flock and, uh, what the flock is what I said when. I started, oh my gosh, this guy, I'm telling you. There's nothing scarier than a smooth-talking cult leader. There really isn't. I mean, just, I mean, nothing ends well. In in cults, in real life, in in these post-apocalyptic stories, there is, I mean, there's just something about, it's crazy because you can be on the outside looking in on it and think like, this is absolutely nuts, how do these people get wrapped up in this? But then on the flip side, it's like, Every it's they they specifically look for people that are easily led and influenced. Yeah. And, and this and is there. This is prime. This is the prime time to find these types of people that are just followers that are looking for something.
3: Oh, exactly. I, I, dude, fucking absolutely. He is going to attract people that are looking. I mean, he's attracting literal followers, people that are looking for a leader, people that are are weak and they're looking for safety in numbers. And he's just a predator to those people, because I mean, even the the slick way that that he has all these Bible verses memorized and he have all these people twisted around his finger. And then I I just feel like that the way that those people are dangerous is because faith is such a strong thing in people that Mm -hmm. if somebody if somebody Is doing something because it's something that they fervently believe in, then you can get those people to do horrible, atrocious things because they're doing it in the name of a greater good or they think that it's something that that their God or whatever they believe in is in support of. And they're able to completely dehumanize themselves in the process when in reality, faith should be like a beautiful, uplifting thing that brings you closer to humanity, not makes it easier for you to be more like a fucking animal and and not treat people like people. And that's the scariest thing about religions. And especially in this time period, in this book, apocalyptic religions have got to be the fucking worst, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Especially in, Oh, sorry, Brian, go ahead. I'm just going to say
0: like, I, I think that today, there are people that are involved in the Ministry that are actually trying to do good things. I realize it's a business. My sister was in the ministry. I was sent away to a Christian boys' home, and that was very much like a cult, and that has soured me on a lot of things. But on the flip side, there are some good people out there that try to take the teachings and try to do good things. I don't want to believe this, that too. I don't want to make this broad statement that all preachers are fucking pedophiles and this and that. I do think that that there are people that use it for their own personal greed and gain and uh, maybe sexual needs. But I also think that there are some good people out there that are trying to take the teachings and do good things. This, sadly, is a guy who is taking these things. And I mean, I was just I was fucking flabbergasted when I find out like this guy's a pedophile and all this other shit. And so I guess it just lines up with like the Koresh's and the Jim Jones and all these other fucking people of the world that have done this stuff. But um
3: yeah, because it's all a fucking grift for them. You know, did you notice that when everybody's eating and hungrily eating, do you see how big his portion was compared to everybody else's? Oh, I no, I missed that. Was it was it? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like a giant pile. Jesus. It's a big old plate. Everybody else has got a bowl sitting in front of them that the bowl has such a small portion of food in it that it looks like they have an empty bowl sitting in front of them. And with every bite these people are taking, the overwhelming sound in this – gathering hall where all these people are eating is the sound of silverware hitting plates yeah
0: yeah that's true it's, it's
3: like when you watch a little kid eat a bowl of ice cream and they get to that last little bit and they're just scraping the spoon against the bottom mm-hmm. over and over and over again you can tell i'm a dad <laughs> <laughs> That was like right, right from from the beginning my head like, either either
0: like, that joe or you down. were just a young boy who ate a lot of ice cream alone i mean that
3: that too <laughs> But <laughs> I'm pulling more recently with that. Let's not delve too deeply into my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Joe's like, not only did I cry
0: at the end of this episode, I cried during our recording. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
3: but but that sound that the the folio work in that scene was great because it's all these people in this food or all these people in in this hall are just eating and they're so desperate for this food and they all have such small portions and he's sitting there just looking around at everybody with a self-satisfied fucking smile on his face with this giant fucking portion of food in front of him that he you don't even see him touch on screen. Yeah. Yeah, Melissa, you had something to say.
1: Oh, um, I was just going to say that like um, building a cult on recognizable like Christian dogma is would probably we don't know anything about these people before they came to this resort. They could have been, you know, whoever, but you're in the post-apocalypse Bible verses are recognizable, even if you didn't grow up in a church. So it's like, oh, yeah, this is a thing from before I will be here. This is a safe place. It would, I just imagine it was so easy for this person with a violent heart mm-hmm. to do this.
0: Yeah. Um, so he, uh, he's reading, uh, from the book of Revelation to, uh, the group. And he notices that, uh, a young girl, Hannah, is crying and, uh, her mother's comforting her. And, um, Hannah asks, when can she bury her father, Alex? And this is where, like, upon second watch, I'm like mm-hmm. really kind of like, like I, I, I can put all to toge- put it all together. Like, <laughs> yep. He's saying there oh, are
1: looks between yeah, folks when this is going down.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, he's he's saying that the ground is too cold. They're going to have to wait until the spring. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you're <sighs> you're you're going to be eating him here shortly. And oh, my gosh. And then they have a conversation. He has a, David has a conversation outside with James. Um, who's kind of like his right hand man, his lieutenant, and you know, uh, he's asking him how much of the the venison they have left, and you know, we know that they're talking about um, people. Um, and it looks like they've only got about a week left of uh, of these rations, so um, they're gonna go out and look for deer and things like that. It is just, I you know, like. Upon first watch, I'm still kind of just, like, trying to get my bearings on, like, this community, who I'm watching, what's going on here. Uh, second watch, I see this in a completely new light. Like, <laughs> like, I'm I'm totally aware of what's going on.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, second watch on this episode is very illuminating.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, this one's definitely worthy of the second watch. Um, We'll go to Ellie and Joel now. And... Um, Last week, she had uh, when we watched the episode, she had just stitched it up, and and um, I mean now she's worried about Joel getting better, and she's worried about infection. That's the thing here. Um, he's not going to get better with an infected wound, and she needs to get more food, and so she goes out, and she's got the rifle with her. She sees a white rabbit. Falls flat in her face. The white rabbit's gone. And then she does come across a deer and um, she shoots the deer. The deer runs off. And so she's following the blood trail. We see James and David now standing in front of the deer and they they know like a hunter's got to be near and following this. So they're going to take the deer and uh, get out of there. Um, Do you get when Ellie shows up? Do you guys did you guys notice that she tried to like drop her voice to sound a little uh-huh. bit more intense? Yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah. I like how she calls uh James Buddy Boy. And <laughs> uh <laughs> and how she threatens to pop w- what did she say? She's gonna pop a bullet right between their eyes or something. Yeah, right, right between, between their, eyes. their eyes. Yeah. No, I liked it, man. I liked it. You know, it's she had to come off stern. Here's the thing. Uh, second watch I was thinking, man, if she would have known what she knows now like if she if if she would have known that like later on like what she, i don't know what I'm trying to say, if she would have known how bad they are coming across them here, she probably would have just done that, but on the flip side, I was thinking she still needs to get her hands on that penicillin
3: that's right and and also when David keeps saying everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm that works out exactly in her favor in this episode. If they wouldn't have well number one, if they wouldn't have run across those guys at the end of the last episode or you know, the, at the end of episode 6, yeah. he wouldn't have got stabbed to begin with. But yeah. You know, if if all these things hadn't have worked out the way it did, if she would have just shot them on the spot, Joel would have died. She needed to be able to go through this in order to save Joel. Mhm. And I can only imagine how he's going to feel like thinking about that down the road as well, because he was so guilty about her having to kill that guy in St. Louis or Kansas city.
0: Yeah. So, you know, she basically at this point, David sends James to go get the penicillin and come back. And he says something like, I'm not speaking in code. Just go get the penicillin and come back.
1: (laughs) Right. We know what their codes are about.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, He starts having this talk with her about, you know, like what he was, who he was before the outbreak. He was a math teacher and then he found God and became a preacher and, you know, how after the Pittsburgh, uh, you know, uh, quarantine zone, uh, fell back in 2017, he and a bunch of other people from that group left and they formed their community and now he's the leader of the community and he's just, he's trying to come off very sweet, very nice. Um, And then he he has the talk about how everything happens for a reason. Um, And then he gets into like, this is where it's like, oh my gosh, starting to connect some dots here. He starts talking about how he sent a group to a nearby town to search for, you know, supplies and food and things like that. And one of them was killed, Alec. And he was killed by a crazy man who was traveling with a little girl, and that's where Ellie just like, like clenches the gun. They did not
1: attack them.
0: Well, and but see, like there's like this look of she knows at this point. Like oh, he's yeah. talking about her, so like she she's like clenches the gun and holds the gun firm, and you can see in her face now it's gone from it's gone from like let's listen you know, to what he has to say. And is this guy really a good guy to, like, fear? Fear for her, fear for Joel. Wow. Yeah, I I was not expecting that those four men that
3: we had met in the previous episode to be a Mm -hmm. part of this group. Yeah, that was a shock to me, too. And I thought it was really, really brilliant the way they wrapped it into this episode.
1: Because on rewatch, the way that she it just immediately is enthusiastic about wanting medicine. It's like, that is a clue as to who you are and who you're with and what you've been doing. And like, she wouldn't know not to say that to them, but David was already looking for someone who was with a wounded man.
3: Yeah. Because they pulled that broken end of that baseball bat out of him right on the spot. So when they came and found Alec dead there, they Uh would have found that bloody that bloody shard of that bat Mm-hmm.
1: i don't know if i was ellie if i could have been like um they attacked us actually
3: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> so i don't know why you guys can do it and we can't do it
3: <laughs> yeah no shit it's like hey had they not run up and swung a baseball bat at us that they just let us get on our horse and ride away all and four I of them still and be all alive. that
1: old school preacher <laughs>
3: God, I can only imagine they were eyeballing that horse, like we're gonna fucking eat this thing. Well, Ugh. yeah, you understand the motivations now after
2: watching this, right? In their heads, they're like, "Well, we're you'd either eat this horse, or I'm gonna have to go home and eat my cousin." So I'm gonna go try to harass these people we don't know.
1: I'm gonna not lie to you, Billy. I did not really put together that they would have attacked Joel for the horse until you just said that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. It's a lot of meat. And uh,
0: And
1: you could tell people they were eating horse and they'd be a little squeamish, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not old paint.
0: Better than your dad. (laughs) James comes back with the medicine um, and uh, he's got his gun out on Ellie and David tells him to put his gun down and just give her the medicine. Um, Ellie takes the medicine and runs off and James is wondering, like, why the hell they let her go. And David basically says, like, you know, we'll go out and search for search for him in the morning. Um, do, wh- what was his plan there? Was it just the fact that she's going to like they can track her and then it's going to lead them back to Joel? Was yes. that his plan? Yeah.
3: Yeah, because I, I think that. I mean this guy we find we find out at the end of the episode that he's a pedophile and at the beginning here when he first meets Ellie he's being so kind, complimentary, non-threatening just trying to win her trust and we all know it's for an ulterior motive. Oh,
0: he's oh god, there's so many moments where he's like doing what he's been doing and and just basically, you know, you can see that this guy has been grooming other girls in the past and he's just doing the same thing here to Ellie that he's done with them. Yeah.
1: Like, he was a teacher.
0: Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Age. Yeah. Ugh.
1: Mm-hmm. Jesus. Like, I'm, sir, you cannot child bride people. You cannot. Even in the post apocalypse. Goodbye.
2: <laughs> it takes, like, grooming to a whole other level if you may also be eventually eating them. <laughs> Oh, right
1: <laughs> i'm sorry i laughed
2: <laughs> no it's sick it is it's but it's It could actually happen and, and it's so we're back and that's what it is upsetting that it would probably like use something like religion as like a cover for that right like yeah that it's just like a bastardization of what it's supposed to be about and yeah. that's a total abuse of power And but also being able to leverage their survival off of it
0: is just very wicked You know, there's satisfaction in like what happens at the end of this episode, but there also would have been great satisfaction to see the people of Silver Lake also sacrifice him. I'm sorry.
3: True. You know, I mean, yeah, if they could have found a way to expose him in front of his people and have them be the ones that turn him out and them be the ones that murder him, that would have been that would have been a little satisfying as well. It would have been. I mean, I mean, Um, I'm,
0: I'm. I'm fine with what happened. I mean, I thought – I honestly don't think she stabbed him enough. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but on the flip side, it's like there there's a whole community of people that have been uh, duped and lied to and, like, unforgivable shit, man. Unforgivable.
3: Oh, yeah. That guy's far past redemption. Yeah. to To take advantage of people in the way that he is is – is despicable. And these people think that, that they're with a protector. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious. It's like, were people around the town throughout this murder, just having mysterious accidents. And then it's just, oh yeah, their bodies in cold storage we will bury them in the, in the, in the springtime. And really they're getting fed. And there's only a handful of people who know about it. I mean, how gullible do these have to people be? How gullible do these people have to be to fall for it? But when it's all coming from this, person of authority that is also supposedly a person of God, it's, it just gets really fucking dark.
0: hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, smooth talkers and people with charisma, which I didn't see a lot of it from him, but apparently he's, you know, I don't know. It's, it's wild what people can get away with. Um, especially when you're like, he's got, he's just got to be a master manipulator. Um, so back in the kitchen at Silver Lake, um, uh, there's a woman, Joyce, and she's preparing dinner and Josiah, uh, another man from the community comes in with, uh, meat and he's saying, yes, it's venison. And do you think Joyce knows what the fuck she's making?
3: I wonder because she looked more traumatized than the rest. Yeah. I thought she may have had an inkling.
0: Yeah, I th- it's I think so, too, Billy. I I feel like the 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 barn where they've got the, you know, decapitated bodies like hung up there like it's a meat locker. I feel like only a few people have access to that area. Like that's restricted.
3: Oh, without a doubt.
0: Yeah. The, the
2: way that he's area. like.
1: I was going to tell you, of course, like, ew! stop. I'm a child.
2: And also, like, I think there's just the level of like practicality. She's like, I don't think we have this much deer meat. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if it's like paltry amounts for everyone in his big pile, it's still like it just doesn't add up
0: probably to her. It's probably like it doesn't taste like deer. It doesn't look like deer meat.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where is that, dude? Venison's got a very specific taste. Yeah. I'm personally not the biggest fan, unless it's been turned into, like, sausage or jerky. But you just, like, cut off, like, like a deer steak. Like, I'm not the biggest fan. I fucking grew up on this shit, unfortunately. <sighs> yeah. Uh, James and David come back,
0: and they do – they show up with the deer that uh, Ellie shot. And David says that they while they were out, they found the girl who was with the man that uh, killed – Alec, and then they're going to be leading a party of men the next day to bring him to justice. And this is where Hannah is saying, says, like, you should kill, you know, kill them. And then David walks over to her and slaps her across the face.
3: Like and, so hard that it knocks her out of her chair. Yeah. Like that is crazy violent. Mm-hmm. So and do like that to a child in, in front of your entire congregation. Well, in the storytelling
0: here, though, it just shows you, shows us the viewer, how much power this man has to where, like, he can go up there and basically take, be like, like slap a child, be physical with a child, and nobody's gonna do anything. Nobody's gonna stand up to him. Nobody's gonna say a thing. Like, yeah,
3: that's the craziest part. Yeah, it's like, it's like that, like. The fact that not a single man in that room stood up and like was like, no, this dude needs to be checked. This is fucked up. She's cr- like she's grieving the loss of her father. You've just r- like met the people that killed her father. And now you're going to go and slap her when she's saying something that is an extremely human reaction. To exactly. That
0: news. Yes. Especially when it's something that's so personal to her. Now, she probably doesn't know that her father was a. Fucking murderer Going out You know what I mean Just Attacking people
3: (laughs) Yeah exactly Because Had her father Had the opportunity He would have He probably would have Bashed Ellie's brain in With those With that With that baseball bat Oh
0: yeah Yeah exactly And for what Just like what, what They have on him In the horse You know
3: yeah, and the horse. <sighs> I guarantee all three of those bodies would have been brought back to that uh-huh. town they're in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Joel and Ellie would have been strung up, and their heads would have been cut off, and they probably would have. That little girl probably would have been eaten, Ellie and Joel instead of her dad. Which I don't know. <laughs> I can't. That's just fucked Dude, up.
3: Yeah, it's just, it's so disturbing. It is
0: super disturbing. It's so messed up. Um, we see Ellie and she's giving, uh, Joel another, uh, injection of the penicillin. Joel is like still like, man, oh my God, he is in bad shape. Just looks terrible.
1: I feel like they got that penicillin right in time Uh and I wouldn't have known exactly where to put it, but I guess right into the wound is good enough. (laughs) Like it's crazy when you have an infection like that. You basically do get instantly better once you have medicine. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My guess would have been any large muscle group, and when she put it right in the wound itself, it made me so squeamish.
1: I think I would have gone for like the butt cheek because I know that's right? where the military puts their vaccines and shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: like butt, like butt cheek. Like upper thigh, maybe a bicep. Yeah, the, Epi,
1: you know. the EpiPin location. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I found myself getting like critical once she like did it. And I was like, well, why aren't you putting them in a couple spots around the wound? Why are you doing it just one? I'm finding myself being this like critical person while <laughs> like, she's saving his life.
3: And And also, it's like that is. That is not a sterile environment. You did, you, there was no alcohol swab to wipe the skin beforehand. God knows what the history of that needle was. <laughs> I guess it's hist- better than a dirty bat in the gut, right? <laughs> His hey, that's old fucking old-ass t-shirt,
1: t-shirt is just stuck to that wound. It's the same wow. t-shirt that got stabbed into the wound the first time. <laughs> yeah,
3: and when she sewed him up, you know, it isn't like she was wearing gloves or even washed her hands. I mean, she's using a needle and thread she pulled out of an old junk drawer. Like, ugh. Like, no wonder he's that wounds infected.
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah. He's I mean, he he looks he looks he looks like he's he he looks like he's in bad shape. Like it's cold, but he's like sweating. You know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. drifting in and out of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so she's going to go out and uh, uh, she's going to go outside and feed the horse. And um, man. There's a flock of crows that start to fly off All together And it I mean that grabs her attention Like you know they flew off for a reason They're startled And then she sees the group of men Led by David that are on their way To find her and Joel And um David's David tells James like You know bring her back alive Um And um Oh, yeah. (laughs) James is like, that's another mouth to feed.
3: Yeah. Being very pragmatic about it.
0: Right. Yeah. Ellie uh, runs back into the basement and uh, she is frantic. She wakes Joel up and she gives him the knife and she says, anybody comes down here, you kill them. Their, Their men are on their way. And, uh, I'm thinking like just by looking at him, he can barely keep his eyes open. She's like begging him not to fall back asleep. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how is Joel going to be able to do anything right now? Yeah. Thank God that penicillin kicked in when it did. Yeah. Well, I think just, I think it's, it's, it's without the penicillin, he's fucked. But I think the penicillin did help. But I also think it's just like a jolt of adrenaline.
3: Yeah, knowing that, oh, fuck, I, I've got to sack up and do this right now or I'm dead. And if I'm dead, she's totally dead. Yeah,
0: I was shocked. Ellie gets on the horse and then just runs up on the man. What was her plan? I mean, to I know to lead them away from Joel, but what was her plan after that? I I like the,
2: the fact that I don't really think she had much of a plan, past yeah, same. That, which, I, which I like because it's like she is still a, a you know a very capable and murderous child but still a child and she's like okay they'll definitely all follow me and then you know joel get away and we'll figure it out from there but never did she think that like maybe only one person would pursue her or two and the rest would stay and that's what i liked about
0: it because it was kind of half-baked and not yeah. just convenient yeah so yeah she, she she fires at him and uh takes off on the horse james uh, then uh manages to Um, track her down and shoot the horse. Was, was that the, was that, was the horse's name
3: Shimmer? Uh, yeah, I think so.
0: And, um, kills the horse. Ellie hits the ground. Uh, She's like going unconscious here and, um, they get her and they're, they're, at this point, David's not around and, like they just want to go ahead from James to kill her, and he's like, "Yeah."
3: Oh, that part was dark. Mm-hmm. The, the the other guy looks at him, he's like, "Do it."
2: Yeah. Ooh. Just thinking about that bride, the horse thing. I'm not sure if that is like Shimmer because I think Shimmer was like a pony over in Jackson because I know that's like the horse in the second game. So I don't know if it's the exact same horse.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah, that's where I was getting the name from, too, was that. So it was a a different horse. I'm pretty
2: sure it's a different horse.
3: Whichever one that Joel was saddling up when when Tommy and Ellie came down to the barn that morning. This one was Shadowfax. (laughs) Shadowfax.
2: Hopefully it would take more than one shot to take down Shadowfax. Oh, man, you can't take down Shadowfax with one shot.
1: No,
3: no. No,
0: no. Do you have any idea what we're talking about, Melissa? No <laughs> good old old wooden ship
1: i was I was about to hit the Google shadow facts <laughs> horse
3: the king of the horses
1: <laughs> oh yes, duh of course
0: <laughs> david Randolph's pony uh David fires off his rifle, and um you know st- this stops the men from from killing Ellie, thank goodness um. And uh, so they're going to they're going to head back to Silver Lake now with Ellie. And um, the, I think, yeah, it was uh, James and and uh, David are heading back. And the other men are going to look for Joel in the houses. And. Man. Joel, I mean, Joel gets the jump on this dude, this Josiah dude in the basement. And th- I mean, can we just can we talk about the, the torture that Joel puts these guys through and how much I I fucking loved it? Because ah
3: uh, yes, dude, any that, it was very another satisfying part of this episode, I will say. Any men that try to ki- that that are trying
0: t- any men that are hunting a child, let alone then hunt the child and then try to kill a child. I am all for them fucking being slaughtered, murdered.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I'm sorry. Yeah, no, they left their humanity behind, so treat them as such. Uh huh. Yeah.
1: And even because Joel doesn't know this yet, but this is a group of people who are coming to retaliate against him for killing someone who attacked him. Yeah. I mean, the cycle of violence is so evident when i think about just the little details of how this the events of this episode even came to be
0: when he stabs dude in the fucking leg and then he'll t- pop your knee i'll pop your oh but yes when you, but Ooh. when you
2: like not even that wasn't a, that was not an idle threat
0: but when you but when you hear him twist it and you can hear the bone cracking i was yeah, just that, like oh
3: so oh, gross
1: God. i have like chills now as you describe
3: it <laughs> yeah, same i've got a weak stomach for stuff like that like, Oh, man. I could never viol- be a torturer.
2: <laughs> the cycle of violence stuff is such an interesting point, Melissa. It's like you may do X, Y and Z to protect your own and keep yourself safe. But there are ripple effects to that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that little girl is not going to be the most well-adjusted adult when she gets older, realizing probably pretty quickly that she ate her dad and was lied to. and He's murdered by a random person. You know what I mean? Like, there's just like
3: none of these kids have a shot. Like, they really don't. No, I doubt anybody in that town has a shot now. They're probably all going to starve to death. I love how Joel fucking puts a knife in
0: his fucking mouth and has him point out with the knife on the I mat.
3: I know. And then. The knife that's dripping the guy's own blood. And then he
0: stabs him after he gets the information he needs. And the other guy's like, fuck you. I ain't telling you anything. And And, and he's like. Don't worry, I, be- I believed him, picks up the pipe and just fucking bashes his head in. I was like, this is like, all of this is warranted, man. I
3: love it. Yeah, and in a lot of that, like as brutal as you're seeing Joel being like that in this scene, or the uh, this whole extended scene where he's hunting these guys and taking them all out, it is exactly like how he is in the game. When, when he sneaks up behind that guy, wraps his arm around his neck, and sticks the knife in the neck at the same time, you do that over and over again in the game. I kept when he, when he takes that guy out with the lead pipe, you do that over and over again in the game. It's fucking wild. Well, I kept thinking to myself during
0: this scene, I was like, this is the old Joel that we've heard stories about. <laughs>
3: yes, yes, without a doubt.
0: You know, this is that guy that, that, that people fear. We're seeing it. You know this is the part this is the this is the Joel that Tommy was scared of becoming, you know, yes, yeah, uh we get Ellie back in Silver Lake uh she's in Silver Lake, and she's in a cage, and uh David's telling her that everyone wanted to kill her, but he can protect her and um you know um. Oh, that she sees on the floor ears. They'd be. Yes. Oh, my
3: God. She's uh, she's in there by herself. She's because she has a conversation with David and she's not really picking like he's he's really laying on the pitch thick and then he leaves to go get her some food. And then while she's in there by herself, she's trying to figure out a way out of there. And then you see something draw her eye. That's off screen that we don't see it. We only see her reaction to it. And she's horrified to the point where she doesn't even break her gaze away from it when David comes back in with food. And then he notices what she's looking at and realizes that she knows the truth of the situation. And he's like, "There, this is venison in this bowl. Like, you know, I'd, I'd tell you about it. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, oh, and then you look at the what's. Like, it's under a, a big wooden table that's stained red, and you see the wall behind it, and it's all these big butcher knives and cleavers and stuff lining the wall. And all of a sudden, you realize this is the fucking room where they were cutting these people up.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so Man grisly. flesh, bro.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Meats back on the menu. Man flesh. <laughs> Man flesh. <laughs> Meats
2: back on the menu, boys. <laughs> all i could think about the
0: first thing i'm the worst it's like the first thing popped in my head oh man and uh he's trying to at this point he's trying to um get ellie to be a part of this community and you know telling her that you know You know, you're like me in a lot of ways. You know, you've got a violent heart. I have a violent heart. And um, is this where is this where he starts to move in closer to her and she starts to move in closer to him and she breaks his finger? Mm
3: -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, because he comes forward and he puts his hand on the bar and he's like saying this stuff like. You know, like you you, like I'll, I'll take care of you. I'll protect you. I, I need somebody who's my equal. There's nobody in this yes. community that's my equal. And me and you together can lead these people. And they like he's like, you know, clearly I need the help. Look what's going on here. Yep. He and, says
1: he tells her she's beyond needing a father. And I'm like, for one, fuck you, man. And for two, like cannibalism, who that's the creepiest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> this is a child, especially after we've watched. Seven episodes of her and Joel finding this like father daughter type relationship because she is still very much a child for him to say, like, we're equals. We're going to like be together. You're beyond needing a father like is the creepiest thing I've seen on TV this year.
0: Well, that's why this episode is like so satisfying to see how it ends up, you know. Yes.
1: Yes. And when she breaks his finger, I'm like standing up in my living room, flipping a table. Fuck. Oh,
3: dude, that was great. (laughs) How how she tricked him into that. And she goes, puts her hand over it and she's like buying it. Yeah. Yeah. And then breaks his finger and makes a desperate grab for the keys on his belt. He
1: immediately calls her a cunt. Immediately goes to the worst thing you could say to a young woman. Oh, and do we expect anything?
0: What else do we expect from this piece of shit, though? Yeah, I mean. exactly. and,
3: and that's the moment where he shows his true colors, that, that that's the first word he's going to go to talking to a fucking child yeah. that, that he's trying to sexually exploit. And, and then he like, grabs her and jerks her forward. And so it bashes her head into the bars and he's able to get his keys back. And, yeah. and, threat- and, and threatens to kill her and that she's going to be the next thing they eat exactly he's like what was that a thousand little pieces and then and then she quietly says her name and he's like what and he's like and then she yells like you know ellie so you can tell him that that's the name of the girl who broke your fucking finger like it was incredible the way she delivered that line like bella
2: Ramsey's fucking fierce not to make light of like the violence that happens to the ellie character but Ellie gets her clock cleaned a million times this episode. She, she can take a hit. She goes off the horse. She gets bashed against the bars. She gets slammed against the ground multiple times. But I mean, again, I know this is a, a show, but it's like, man, she can she can take a beating, dude.
3: Yeah, she's got that willpower to keep going. She's got that rocky spirit. It's crazy.
0: And uh, Joel uh, finds his way to Silver Lake. Um and uh it follows a trail of blood into uh, the like a, a barn it's 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 where they've been storing the human meat and um finds ellie's backpack and then the rest of the horse that they were on and um yeah, that that's when he that's when he sees behind all of that the the humans that have been strung up um what is like like Joel's been pretty much knocked out this entire time and now he's like, oh, my God, we're dealing with a community of cannibals. I don't I, I think he's come across some really fucked up shit in the past 20 years, but I don't know if he's come across cannibals yet.
3: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you think it all depends how quickly did they get to that Boston QZ and and how long were they in that Boston QZ before they left? Because if he was out there coming across isolated communities like this, for sure, he would have encountered that.
0: And think about this. He's seeing this and he's thinking like the girl that he's been trying to protect and the girl he's the young girl he's been getting close
3: to Ellie is in the thick of this. Yeah. She's been abducted by fucking cannibals. Yes. Like this is what this is the
0: situation you're in, Joel. Like I'm sorry man. I know you've been put down, you've been sick, but I mean he's he's coming to the realization that like wow, this little girl like the next, if 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 I ever see her again alive she's gone through some really like she's she's gone through some really fucked up shit here. Like this is this is a lot for a 14-year-old girl to handle. This is so, a lot. I'm like I can't I can't, I'm not, I can't like overstate that enough. This is, this is fucking insane for her to be handling this all on her own.
1: Well, oh, you can see it, it in her face at the end of this episode. Yeah. She doesn't even recognize Joel at first. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh yeah. Absolutely traumatized. I mean, anybody would be, let alone a child. Uh huh. And to go through that and fight your own way out of it. I mean, yeah, she's, you know, that's something that's going to stick with her for the rest of her life
0: question james and david they pull her out of the cage and they're getting ready to kill her and cut her up with a meat cleaver here and ellie she says that she's infected and we knew you know from the previous fight that she had had uh with david that she had bit him do you think do you think that had he survived all of this do you think that do you think that the cordyceps virus would have spread in him or do you think that it's just like like it's dormant in her, but it can
3: still spread? I don't know how that works. I'm guessing no, be, just because of the way that the dog reacted to her mm. in episode six. OK,
2: the fair point. Yeah, I think it's like her whatever it is, like the antibodies in her body, they'll like neutralized it. So like it's almost like she just has like a, a moot version of it. So I, I, I agree with Joe
1: an incredible card to play in that exact smart. situation yeah. she was in.
2: Yeah, right. uh-huh. it was. He's super like that smart. doesn't
1: look real. What do you mean? <laughs> you think she's out there doing FX and shit?
2: Practical <laughs> effect work on her arm. Yeah.
3: Well, then he has a good point that it's like, well, this thing's completely healed up. Like she would have turned by now, but it's like that's clearly. A human bite mark on Mm -hmm. her arm, yeah, or literally two human bite marks side by side. And then you can see the you can see the
0: cordyceps like it wanted to spread and couldn't, right?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's all
0: gnarly looking. Yeah, and um, at at this point, with them kind of like talking about her bite, she uses this as a distraction to grab the meat cleaver and then you know strike James man does she get him good? yeah she
3: does
1: oh it's good for her i don't want to find myself in this position because i don't know if i could do it
0: david's after her she's running out um she runs through some doors she finds out that the doors for the building are locked so um she uh, goes to like it's like a fire pit grabs like a um uh, a burning branch and um then uh, as david is as is, is trying to track her down inside the inside the building uh she turns from around a corner and then throws i didn't i th- i didn't know if she was trying to throw it at him or if she intended on catching the curtains on no, fire no
3: she was trying to hit him with it and it missed and it landed in the corner and started the curtain on fire yeah and and when that happened and and like david's just standing there looking at it i'm like no time like the present, dude. That's only going to get worse. I know. And that fire spreads fast.
0: I know. I was thinking like – I was thinking like, you know, I think like the most important thing right now is maybe to stop the fire.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. But I think he was too full of a combination of of rage yeah. and desire. I mean this is a guy who's gotten nothing but his way for how long now? And now there's somebody who's standing up to him. And beyond that, it, it's it's a little girl who's standing up to him. So the – the little thing that, that he's probably been victimizing the most throughout these years. And so I think for just as a character, I think in that moment, he's just in a state of rage filled bewilderment. Ellie does stab him and,
0: uh, he drops the cleaver. Um, uh, but then he kicks her when she's on the floor and he holds her down and, Basically threatens to rape her here. And he says he says like he, his favorite part about it is like when they struggle or something.
3: I was like, you are sick, dude. Yeah. He says the fighting is his favorite part. And it's like clearly like as the buildings burning around around them, it seems like he was getting ready to get down to the act right then and there. Yeah. Before Ellie was able to get the the upper hand over him again, and then she goes fucking ham. Yeah. It, it, the first time I watched it, it made me sit up in my seat. And every time she's stabbing down, I'm like, yes, <laughs> like, oh my god, like if there's ever been a villain in a show or a movie that has fucking got exactly their comeuppance, it was this fucking guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she stabbed him repeatedly.
3: It wasn't just like, it, uh. so many like the amount of the amount of time she spent stabbing a corpse, and then now she kind of like there was a lull in it, and then she kind of got got her rage back and went right back in stabbing hardcore again. Yeah. Like, wow, wow, again, Bella Ramsey is fucking fierce, dude. Mia Goth, watch out for when this girl gets older because you're gonna have you're gonna have another incredible actress that can go like totally fucking buck wild in a performance like out there is competition. Yeah. Oh god. Mia Goth is fantastic. Sorry. No, uh, she dude, I'm still shook by her performance in Infinity Pool. Oh, you have you need to see It was so good.
0: Have you seen Pearl and X yet?
3: No, they're they're on my list. I'm I'm waiting for them to be streaming somewhere, but I've heard such good things about them. I should probably just buy them. I
0: highly recommend highly recommend
3: Um, and I haven't gotten infinity pool yet because I keep looking for an unrated version and uh, it's coming out on uh, VOD I
0: think this week I will
3: fuck yeah
0: yeah (laughs) Um, Ellie walks out of the uh, out of the burning building and this is where she sees Joel and they hug. And, man, this is where I started to get emotional when he called her. You know, it's, it's, he said something like, it's OK, baby girl. And I was just yeah. like,
3: oh. The and that name was what he, that he had for Sarah.
0: That's what he called Sarah. And uh, they they walk out um, holding each other. And it was uh, an emotional moment and absolutely beautiful, man. I fucking... um. Man, she went, this was, this, this episode, super traumatic for Ellie. Wow. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how she is next episode.
3: I, I, I don't, I don't know. Oh, this, it's, this is it's the like, sort type of show where they're going to show us the, the effects of this in the next episode. They're not just going to yada yada pass this and have us go back to the same old Ellie.
0: And Because it's like, this is the girl that. I mean, makes jokes, the book, of, you know, the book of puns. She acts like a kid and like she very much is. She's a kid. And just this was just so traumatic. It's like, how is this going to be affecting her going for it? I know it's just got to bring her and Joel that much closer together. She fought for his life. She got the medicine he needed to, to get well. Um it, it, the relationship, the bond there Is is strong and it's going to be Stronger than it's ever been before I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see how the, the two Are together next time we see them But then on the flip side it's like What kind of like Aftermath, what kind of like Mental ramifications Is Ellie going to have to deal with now After this, man, she was put Through the ringer
3: yeah she went through hell in this episode. It's nothing that a child should ever go through and already growing up in the period and time in this world that she grew up, she didn't get to have a childhood by any measure. but I think after what happened here the the last remaining vestiges of of Ellie's broken childhood are gone and mm-hmm. and she's she's probably going to be a little traumatized going forward and I don't know. Maybe we don't get that that same spark of youthful joy from her anymore, or at least it'll be a while before it comes back. I How feel could it not. I feel like this is you know, and I've talked about it
0: in previous episodes, where like you know, Joel uh, being with her and having a kind of like a daughter figure back in his life. This is where he's going to kind of like regain a lot of his humanity because he is finding that love again. But on the flip side, Ellie who was like the one talking to him about hope for the future. Now that she's gone out there and seen the world, something that he warned her about when they were driving in the truck. Now that she's seen it, I feel like the Ellie that would ask questions first and shoot later is now the Ellie that's not willing to ask questions and shoot later. I feel like this Ellie is like, I don't know how she could ever trust anyone ever again. I think she's the kind of person that could very easily just be like. Shoot, shoot to kill now. You can't trust anyone, you know,
1: especially because she had David like in her sights, she could have shot him and she hesitated.
0: She's going to look back on future situations Mm -hmm. like that, Melissa, and 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 not. And it might just scare the hell out of Joel.
1: I mean, how could it not, both from a humanity perspective and because of the way that this violence escalates? Like you can't really have somebody with a hair trigger around you because you're going to be answering a lot of questions.
0: I feel like we could have a situation like in a future episode where Joel leaves Ellie with someone at
3: gunpoint. Joel comes back and they're dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that happening. She's like, why take the risk? Every, everyone knows, like,
2: obviously, I kind of keep myself quiet during the speculation conversations because the resident person has gone through it and played through both games. But what I can say about like what you guys are saying, and even next week in general, I think it's a fair tease to say I don't think people who don't know the story do are not going to see what's coming next week. But I do believe once they see it, That they won't be surprised by the
0: events
3: Yeah you cryptic bastard
0: As (laughs) close as I'll get I haven't watched I haven't watched any trailers for the next episode I've been going in cold I think ever since after week Two I've just waited For the episodes to drop And uh, I've really I've really enjoyed uh, God damn I, I have Loved this show so far It has not let me down this is uh this is this is how you do TV man. HBO's killing it with this series.
3: Yeah, absolutely. This is this is the way that you got to do video game adaptations. Um, don't lean into the action more than you need to. This show has just enough action to keep it exciting, but what's really driving this is the story and the characters. And and that's what's making this so satisfying to me because this could have been just a run of the mill zombies running at you from every direction type TV show. And it's not. It's so much more thoughtful from that or so much more thoughtful than that. And it makes it such a better viewing experience as a result. It's crazy, too. It's like
0: HBO is learning this lesson of like, we don't really have to rest on our laurels of Game of Thrones spinoffs like we can we can we can do something new. And this is risky. You know, it's a video game adaptation, Joe. They they typically do not pan <laughs> typically out. Like typically do not work. No.
3: I would they say don't. and and I think it's because <laughs> yeah. video games for the most part are built on action and and in that regard, the show is very different from the video game. The video game there's fucking clickers and and runners and stuff everywhere. The amount of people that Joel kills from beginning to end of the game is astounding. And this show is so much more thoughtful from thoughtful than that. They just Put it in where it's needed, whereas a lot of these other video game adaptations, they just – they get silly and you just become numb to all of it. Whereas when you're playing a video game, it's a different experience. You don't become as numb to it because you're the one that's in control and it's something that you can fail at doing. But when it's a show, it's something that you're viewing and experiencing. And I think they really cracked the code with
0: this. I don't know what to expect out of the next episode. I have no idea where no idea where it's going. Um, I guess like – Uh, for me, being somebody that watched every episode of every season of The Walking Dead, I just assume that finales end with a huge battle, whether it be a community of humans fighting another community of humans or humans being attacked by large herds of zombies. And that's what I'm accustomed to, uh, so I guess going into the final episode, I'm just under the assumption that it's going to be this huge fucking epic battle with a bunch of infected. But I don't know. I have, <laughs> I have no idea. That's just what I'm used to from watching like the walking dead and, and you know, other programs like this that, that have an infected group that can travel in herds and things like that. So I, I really don't know if we're going to be just getting a, a personal story between Joel and Ellie next week, or if it's going to be like all out, like let's throw a bunch of the budget towards this huge battle in the next one. I have no idea, uh, but I cannot wait for the, for the season finale.
3: Oh, same. And, and I'm going into it so worried about the characters and cause I, I have no idea what's going to happen in the fact that we've made it this far with nothing, you know, no no character losses between our main two. It's just – I'm curious if that's going to happen throughout the end of this and I'm, I'm very concerned for next week. I, I did watch the preview of what's to come and it, it – I, I couldn't glean much from that as to what the possible plot could be. It doesn't give away anything with the plot. It didn't, I saw it no. Too. I was curious to see what they were going to Yeah, yeah and I was just like I have do anything. I have no idea. This was just a bunch of random scenes. <laughs> you know, there was nothing – like, like when we got the, the trailer last week for this episode, it was like I had a pretty good idea of what this episode was going to be. And but for for next week, for the the season finale, no idea. And I'm going to go into it with a lot of anxiety and <laughs> definitely stay off the Internet until after I've watched the fucking episode.
0: Oh, I know. Like any time, like uh, I, I get on the Internet after the episodes aired and I haven't seen it yet. I'm just yeah
3: uh, yeah. As soon as anything says anything about Last of Us, yeah. scroll faster. Is that what I do? <laughs> Don't too. get sucked in and read anything. <laughs> yeah, because sadly, I'm I'm not
0: able to you know watch these um, you know the night that they air. Um, you know, I record. We, I'm you know preparing, watching other things for the other podcast. Um, I read this article. Uh let's see here it's from Dark Horizons and uh it's titled The Last of Us draws its biggest numbers yet and they were talking about the um this episode uh last night's penultimate episode of The Last of Us pulled in an impressive 8.1 million viewers on Sunday night in same day viewing that includes viewing through the HBO network or streamed via HBO Max before midnight according to Warner Brothers Discovery that makes the episode titled when we are, when we are in need, the most watched of the series thus far and a 74 per 74% increase in the viewership of the series premiere, which drew an audience of 4.7 million. Um, HBO reported that the series was consistently growing from episode to episode through its first four episodes with the fourth clocking in at 7.5 million in the same day measurement. Um, Wow. Uh, the last, That's incredible. Of us, the last of us had the second most watched debut for HBO in over a decade behind only House of the Dragon with 5.7 million. One key difference is that the ratings of Dragon dropped off. Whereas the last of us, they are rising according to Forbes using its own ratings measurement tool. The only HBO series to see the kind of nearly double viewership increase they're tracking is the White Lotus, albeit with lower overall viewership numbers for that awards darling. So, wow, man. This is a this is a behemoth of a show, guys. Like
3: Yeah. Uh, it just amazing. keeps growing.
0: 4.7 million and it's most recently at 8.1 million. It is just it this show is It's the Cordyceps virus. It just keeps growing, guys.
2: (laughs) It makes it the real shame. And I'm not saying they should have 12, 13, but I think, you know, two more episodes. If you had two more weeks for this to continue growing, I think you really have a a shot to go in that 10 million number for and for a video game adaptation. Look, look for them to
0: get that number, Billy, with with uh, once it's completely wrapped. I'm sure that there's some people that are just holding on to this show for a binge watch. And yeah. I think after they do their binge, they're going to be like, oh, my God, I've got to watch this <laughs> season two uh, uh, on the day. And I no, think- you're right.
2: You're right. I know people say like my dad, like I mentioned the show to him. And he's like, oh, what's it on? I said, you know what? You might as well just wait now kind of thing. So the same type of thing. Probably plenty of people that will go through that. So if we finish next week. Then I'll like, send some casual people who maybe haven't caught it. So I think that's a very fair assumption.
0: Yeah, I got my dad watching this week to week. My dad's loving this show
2: yeah, my parents yeah. are too. yeah, my dad's too busy watching old like next generation reruns for like the 90th <laughs> time to
0: watch something new.
3: <laughs> I like to cut of his jib. that's awesome. I'm tell your dad that to...
0: tell your dad that the cordyceps virus is like the Borg, and then
3: maybe
0: <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe he'll switch over.
3: it's uh, funny He's like oh, they're pretty bad then like, well, <laughs> Shit. <they sure> <laughs> uh, what was that, Melissa?
1: Oh, my mom usually listens to all the podcasts that I do, except for when I was telling her about this one. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a really nice, like post apocalypse zombie show. Super bleak. Cry every week. She's like, you know, I'm good on that. <laughs> I'll catch you on the next one. Melissa's mom's
2: too busy watching Milf Manor on Sunday nights instead.
1: <laughs> Listening to our scream coverage with Q. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that Four is nights. all I have this week, guys. Any final yeah.
3: thoughts? Dude, just just another epic episode of television. I mean, and this really did the, the HBO thing where the penultimate episode is just fucking tremendous.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. i was just excited to see the adaptation next week. I'm excited to see what they what little bit of flavorings they add to the finale. They've done an amazing job all season of staying tr- very, very true to the source material while coloring the, in the lines and adding to it. So I just really would love to see how because the events of the finale of the game are just ridiculous. And I just want to see how they do it here because I have all the confidence in the world. It's going to be very widely talked about.
0: All right. We will see you next week with the finale. One more episode left, guys. This is it. But uh, I've really enjoyed breaking down uh, the show with you guys every week. Uh, Billy, where can people find you, man? You can find me on the Reality Guys YouTube channel and TikTok. We
2: cover anything and everything reality television from The Bachelor, Survivor, The Challenge, any of the TLC shows, Netflix shows. You can find us at the Reality Guys, any
0: social media, TikTok and YouTube. All right. And Melissa, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mellow Yellow or co-hosting the Wild Pretty Things podcast
0: and you can find Joe and myself on pop culture leftovers where we talk about uh TV and movies, we review them, we also go over the latest news. And next week, man, we ha- we are talking about uh two big movies, Scream 6 and uh 65. Um I was talking to Jake about this and he was like, yeah, "That's a that'll be an interesting box office." I'm like, "Man, Scream Six is gonna fucking wipe the floor with 65." Oh, it's gonna oh, wipe the yeah. floor. It is gonna. It's gonna got wipe got such a huge following behind yeah. it, and they've
3: already greenlit Scream Seven. So I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we're also gonna be I, uh, we're also gonna be talking about Triangle of Sadness, uh, which it was in the theaters. I didn't get a chance to see it. I was wanting to see it. Uh, it just dropped on Hulu. And I saw it today, so we'll be talking about Triangle of a Sadness. Uh,
1: I just watched it last night.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just watched it today. But uh, we'll be talking about that one. And we will see you next week with the finale. See you guys. Later. Peace. Bye.